Hello, everybody. It's so great to be joining you from our family building um, and these peculiar moments that we live in in our lives. I've just realised I've got my mask dangling down from my hair. What a lovely extra addition. I don't know where it's gone now, but we'll, we'll remove that <laughs> extra, ex extra accessory that we all carry around with us at the moment. But um, so the amazing thing that I feel that the Lord's kind of put on my heart is to not just deal with the things that we like to do, um, the things that we feel we have to do, that we should do, that we get to do, but actually also to look at our attitude towards those things. And I don't know how you feel this morning or whenever you're watching this back, joining in with us today, but God really knows you. He knows what's on your plate. He knows how you're feeling about those things. And so we're in really good company if we're feeling a bit overwhelmed this morning because Jesus is fully present with us by the power of his spirit. And he has things to say to us today through the scripture. So I'm just going to pray again, and um, we are going to journey through Luke 10 together. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. I thank you that it pierces right to the core of our beings and transforms us. And Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would speak to us, that you would journey through with us today. Amen. So I've decided to call this message this morning to us, you haven't got to, but you get to. And um, it's quite interesting, isn't it, to think about the things in our lives where we feel we should do things. And um, I don't know what those things are today that you feel pressured by. But, um, oh, I think we might need to change over to a handheld. <laughs> Hello, is that better? There we go. Um, so we don't have to do things, but we get to do things. So in our shoulds and our pressures, Jesus is with us today. Let's just read some words from Luke 10 together. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. What an incredible start to this journey with Martha and Mary that we get to join in with Jesus on today. And I wonder whether that's something in this moment you want to intentionally do as a prayer. That sense of welcoming Jesus Christ the saviour, the one who heals us into your home right now, into your heart. Because he is on a journey in this world and he wants to enter in with us and join with us. And Martha, who gets a bit of a bad press, I think, we think that she's the baddie in this story, but it doesn't say that, does it? It just says Mary chose something better. So let's not miss what Jesus is saying and doing with Martha in this moment. She is the one who has opened her home to him. And well done for all of you and us who today have made an intentional decision to welcome Jesus and open up our homes and our hearts. Verse 39 says that she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And 
Again, what an amazing thing to think that we have brothers and sisters in our lives, not just biologically, but people in our lives who sit at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Again, this is a brilliant win for Martha. She has invited people into her home and they are listening to God. Brilliant. She's opened her home and she's allowing space for Jesus. Verse 40, though, talks about Martha in a slightly different way that maybe we might relate to. I've, um, the other week, I was talking to my friend on the phone and I was watching the River Wye, which is uh, where I'm living at the moment, just by there. And uh, there was this very noisy crow <laughs> in the background and it was making an absolute racket. And I couldn't hear what my friend was saying. And so I kind of think that Martha is flapping around at this point, a bit like a noisy crow, really having a bit of a bad moment. And it says here in verse 40 that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Do you notice how the text there, the ancient scriptures, says it had to be made? There's something within her internal dialogue that's saying, you should do this, you have got to do this, you must do this. And she's lost that sense of joy in her activities and her actions. And I wonder whether she really did have to do that, whether that really was some sort of pressure that had come upon her or whether she put it on herself. And I'd just love us to think for a moment, are there things in our lives where our internal dialogue says, you should, you must, you should have done that, you... And we lose that sense of we actually get to do that because we're so caught up with the fact that we feel we have got to do it. And so that sense of pressure upon her forces her into this sort of status of a flapping noisy crow in this house where Jesus himself is present. And so, you know, she was serving much. Different translations say she's got many tasks. She's worried about all that had to be done. She's upset at all the work and the pressure and she's overly occupied and busy. I wonder if anybody else finds themselves in that moment thinking, I have got to do this. And it just feels overwhelming. But don't panic. Remember, Martha is the one who's invited Jesus and welcomed him into her home. So I don't think he's going to miss this moment with Martha. And you know, he's not going to miss this moment with you either. If that is you, feeling you should and you must. It's quite interesting to me the different names of these ladies in this house where Jesus is as well. Martha's name means master. And I think she was just trying to master everything. She was going over the top with it. She was being a bit perfectionist with it. She's got her own expectations and her own agenda at how she thinks this should all end this day with Jesus and all his friends pouring into her home. She's got in mind how she wants to master that moment. I wonder if there are things in your life where you think, I've got to master this moment and it needs to look exactly like this. Maybe it's a friendship you've got some expectations on. Maybe it's the way that you're working or a project that you've got going on. Perhaps it's your own prayer life and how you read the Bible and you're comparing to others and you think, I have got to do it this way. Now, I want to invite us today, just like Jesus is working in this situation, in this home on that day in history, that he knows where you're trying to master something. 
and he is onto it in your lives in the most incredible way, the most gracious way that only Jesus could. And we'll get to that because we'll follow on through. But Mary's name, interestingly, means beloved. And so it seems to us really that she's kind of sitting in that place where she knows who she is and she's able to sit at the feet of Jesus knowing that she's loved by him knowing that her identity is totally in him. So let's just remind ourselves of of that point, really. Where are we thinking we've got to do something when actually it's a real honor and a real treat to get to do that? Mary and Martha have both got Jesus in their home and they don't have to do anything. He just wants to be with them in that moment. Let's keep reading through the text. Martha has, we've read that she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. But look what she does. This is Martha. She came to Jesus. She came to him. And I wonder what you do when you feel totally overwhelmed with everything, when you're sitting under a I have got to moment. And there is an opportunity before you. I wonder if you, like Martha, feel able to come to Jesus and bring your honest questioning and your real self, because that's what Jesus wants. He's in us and in our homes, isn't he? And she says this, really honest, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. interesting isn't it and I wonder where there are situations in your life where you're thinking I'm all on my own I've been totally abandoned in this and I've got to do it help now God send help immediately and I I love her honesty I love the honesty of Martha I think she hasn't missed it has she she could have moaned around all the disciples she could have moaned at her sister Mary she could have you know, been a real nag to Lazarus as well, who lived there with them. But actually, she goes to Jesus with her honest heart. And there's an invitation for us today to go to Jesus, to tell him exactly how we're feeling, really honestly. He's not scared of our emotions and what we perceive to be the truth. And he, he has things to say to her. So let's listen to his response in verse 41. He says... Martha, Martha. Can you hear his heart in that? Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you're worried and you're upset about many things. And it's interesting here, isn't it? Because Jesus doesn't just say, yeah, I see all the things you feel you've got to do. I I really see that. Yep, I can answer that and I will send help. He could have said that. And he could have sent help. And there are loads of times in scripture where someone feels on their own and unseen. And he does do exactly that. Even in the book of beginnings in Genesis, he sees the man all alone and he says, I know you need a helper. I'm going to send you one. And then he brings a solution. But in this moment, he's doing something different, isn't he? He's getting to the root cause of what's really going on. She's flapping about like a crow and feeling like she's got to do this in a certain way. She's got to master it. And then in comes Jesus with his heart and he gets to the root cause and says, it's not really about all the stuff you've got to do, Martha. It's about your heart and about what you're worried about. What are you going to do with all those worries, Martha? 
You're just going to stay out there in a panic, flapping about, because he really knows what's going on in here. And I wonder what we do when we're worried. What do you do? I can tell you what I do. I sometimes grind my teeth at night. I sometimes feel a bit of pressure over my back, almost like I've physically put something upon my shoulders that I never needed to put there in the first place. I process things an awful lot. I'm a bit of a talker. Those who know me um, of old will know that I like a good process. Um, and I talk about it and talk about it so that it becomes so big in my mind, it gives me an actual physical headache because I'm worried. But there are keys and tools that God says it's not really about all your activity and your action. It's about your attitude towards it. What do you do with the worries you've got? Do you flap about and turn yourself into some sort of overcompetent master at something, trying to achieve? Or are you going to do what he encourages her to do? Few things are needed. Indeed, only one. And another translation says just one thing is necessary. And it's not that what she was doing was bad, but it's what Mary was doing in that moment was better. She was at the feet of Jesus. She was listening to Jesus. She brought her whole self before Jesus. And Martha was panicking and trying to master things in her own strength. There's a lovely verse that the prophet Isaiah writes in chapter 30, verse 15. I'm just going to read it to us. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the most holy one of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence or trust, there is found your strength. And the, the prophet goes on to say, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Another version says, those who trust or wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So it's, it's not the being a bird or, ha or flying that was the problem. It wasn't the activities that Martha or Mary were doing. It was the heart attitude that was really going on underneath both of those sisters in this story. And I want to encourage us today to take the posture of an eagle, to take the, the weight and the worry to Jesus, like that picture of an eagle that they saw. It's when we take our trust to God and take on a confidence from his spirit that we can be totally changed in the way that we do the different activities in our lives. And here we hear what Jesus actually says to her. He doesn't say, Martha, that was totally ridiculous. Stop your flapping about, you absolute crow of a lady. <laughs> Come and take your seat. He says this. It's just Mary's chosen what was better. And that will not be taken away from her. She made the right choice in that moment. And I wonder whether we feel a bit overwhelmed with all the decisions that we've got to do in our lives. Maybe we need to look for the peace of God and where the peace of God lands in our lives. And not worry that this one's bad and this one's good. But actually, sometimes there are things that are just better out of two really great options. 
It's not bad to be preparing for Jesus and all his friends to come and sit down. It's not bad to make cups of tea for your friends. It's not bad to read the Bible or pray. It's not bad to go to work. It's not bad to sit and just trust and listen to worship music. None of those things are bad. But every single one we're saying to the Holy Spirit, but which one in this moment is better? What am I meant to be doing, Lord? What do you want me to do? The writer of Ecclesiastes talks about all these different times. There's a time to build and a time to tear down. There's a time to speak and a time to keep silent. There's a time to embrace and there's a time to hold back from embracing. But none of them are bad. It's just we've got to discern which one is the right thing in that moment. So what matters in each moment matters to Jesus. And how we do things matters to Jesus. It's less about all the activities and it's more about the attitudes that are going on inside us. And when we bring whatever it is to Jesus, whatever activity we're doing, that is the better thing. That is the better thing. So let's be asking God's spirit what really matters in this moment and make it our intention not to miss those things. When I was on the phone to my friend and there was this flapping crow making a racket and I couldn't hear her, I was just drawn, um, my gaze was drawn across the river down right um, to where the river's moving around. I was sitting sort of higher up and I just noticed this tree massive oak tree there's loads of rivers um loads of trees along uh, the river Y, and actually they were just so steady they were bending and moving in the wind but they were really firmly planted and i noticed my noisy crow swoop down and go and sit in one of those trees and i want to encourage us that when we feel like a flapping crow, we actually can not just even take the posture of an eagle and trust and wait on God, but we can actually be like a tree that is firmly planted by streams of water, just like the psalmist in Psalm 1 says, it yields its fruit in season and its leaves don't wither and whatever it does, it, it prospers. And again, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God just going from a tiny little seed that grows in our lives and then it becomes something that's grown larger than all of the other garden plants and becomes a tree that the birds of the air, the flapping crows, the restless winged birds can come and find rest and make their nest in its branches. What a beautiful picture of what we can become because the kingdom of God is at work in us and at work in our homes. So let's just think about all of the activities that we've got, the decisions that we have to make on a daily basis that can feel totally overwhelming, I'm sure. And let's bring our attitude to those things to God. And let's be asking him, Holy Spirit, what activity is the better one in this moment? Is it cleaning or is it sitting? Is it phoning somebody or is it praying for them? All of these things are great things. <laughs> Which one, Lord? And this is where the Holy Spirit gives his gift of discernment, his wisdom and his revelation. And so we can ask God's Holy Spirit to show us the better things in this moment. So we've got Martha who was trying to master things and serve. Not bad. 
but we've got Mary who was beloved and sitting. And in that moment, that was better. And what I love about Jesus is he doesn't miss a moment for grace, does he? He hasn't just tarnished Martha and made us all think ill of her. He's the one who's talking with her. And we are the ones who get to hear the conversation that happened between Jesus and Martha. We have no idea what he said to Mary while he was talking with her and she was sitting. But interestingly, it's Martha's conversation that gets reported on through the ancient scriptures. And we're reading today and learning from Martha's listening and Martha's life, even though she was flapping around like a crow That is the grace of God, isn't it, in our lives, that even when we're like that, we can still hear Jesus' spirit speaking to us. And some of the best things that we hear Jesus say, the most incredible kind of take-home truths, like, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you know who he said that to? He said it to Martha. (laughs) He said that to Martha. So in that moment, even though... Mary chose something better. There is a grace for Martha in her flapping and in her panicking that there will be lessons that she hears and learns that are passed on to us centuries later. And I just want to say to us who are flapping and panicking and acting like crows and worrying and overwhelmed, trying to master things, there will be things that Jesus Christ is speaking to you even in those moments that might be helpful for others in years to come. So don't miss the grace and the mercy, the unearned, undeserved favor of God on your life to speak to you and for you to be listening to him today. I'd love to just pass on an activity that I find helpful in my own prayer life when I'm feeling a bit Martha-like, when I feel like a flapping crow. And um, I'd love to just get the band back up Um, just ready because they're going to lead us into a song so that we can really allow God's spirit to minister to our hearts and into the activities and the actions and the attitudes that we're going to be doing this week. But Peter, um, the writer of Peter, Paul, he talks about casting our anxieties and our burdens onto God and it's repeated in the Psalms as well. And I remember thinking, well, how do you do that? How do you do that when things feel overwhelming and you feel they're too heavy and you want to just master them and you you start off with your own control? But um, there's a, a brilliant activity that we can do that I find useful, that we imagine our emotions like an object. Um, You might find it more helpful to call this symbolism or or visualizing. And the prophet Isaiah is really into this. He talks about how our ashes can become exchanged for beautiful headdress. Our mourning, our, our, our deep pit of despair can be exchanged for the oil of gladness and joy. And our faint spirit can become a garment of praise. That's in Isaiah 61. So why don't we just now, wherever we're watching this and joining in, just pop our hands out in front of us and imagine something that feels overwhelming that you think you've got to master in this moment that's distracting you from what really matters most. It might be that your brain feels like a tangled piece of wool 
It might be that your heart feels like a heavy weight. Bring them to Jesus. Because you're not just needed to be masterful. You're also needed to be loved. Loved by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he has spent his whole life buying your life. He's given himself up for you. And again today, he does it again. He comes to your home and says, come to me. All you who are weary, who are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My peace I'm going to leave with you. My peace I'm going to give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. So let's ask God's Spirit, Lord, if there's an emotion I'm carrying that's affecting my attitude to everything I do, all my activities, that you want to lift off me today, that you want me to bring to your feet. God, show me what that is, that emotion, if it was an object. And imagine it in your hand. You may have been holding your hands so tightly you couldn't even see it or feel it before, but now put it into your hands. And just repeat this really short, simple prayer. God, I give this to you. Imagine it in your hands and give it to God. And you might want to turn your hands over just to let it go. To Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then when you're ready, turn your hands back up. Because God doesn't just take our things that weigh us down. He gives us things in exchange. And when I gave once my heart that had felt like a black heavy weight, I saw this picture once of, of God just passing me a huge yellow helium balloon and I felt him say Helly I'm giving you your joy back so I wonder what he wants to give you as you sit or stand or wait with your palms up God what are you giving to us in exchange and what does that represent Thank you, Lord.